0: A Day of Faces by Simon K. Jones read by Jen Coleman. Chapter eight. Interlude number one. The coffee machine never worked. That was the one constant of working at Applied Dynamics, and Wyndon and Simons needed a coffee. The baby had kept him up half the night again, and he'd needed to get into work early, which had meant setting the alarms for five in the morning. He wasn't one to complain, but everybody had a threshold, and his wasn't far away. Just have the instant stuff, said Janice, spooning endless sugars into her tea. I'd rather not have anything, Winton said. Well then, said Janice, pushing her glasses up her nose as she tended to when making a point. Winton made his way sluggishly from the canteen and down the corridors towards his office the one he shared with five other men of varying odours. It was a grey, overcast day outside, with rain on the horizon, making the building seem even more dour than usual. It was times like this that he started thinking about looking through the job supplements and updating his online work profile, but he already knew he'd be too tired to do anything productive by the time he got home. Derek emerged from the gents, tapping away happily on his tablet. Probably hadn't washed his hands, or even stopped using it while he went. He glanced up, saw Winton, and reluctantly tucked the tablet into the back pocket of his jeans. "'All right, Winton?' Winton managed a shrug. Didn't get much sleep. Baby being a baby. "'How dare it?' "'Right,' Winton said. "'What's that about?' outrageous. You see the game? Which game would that be? Winton didn't like sports, but Derek had never quite believed him. The only one that matters, of course. Chess? What? Derek sighed. Have you never heard of water cooler chat? How am I supposed to banter with you if you don't watch anything? I'm a terrible person. I know, Derek said. It's really very inconvenient of you. Did a ball get kicked around? Yes. Some points were scored. Goals? Yes. The usual then. Derek threw up his arms in exasperation. All right then, he said. What did you get up to at the weekend? I had a Category 5 nappy change. Got caught in the rain, pushing a pram without a cover. And changed my clothes more times than a catwalk model. Because of the vomit. And we. Category five? Yeah, I rank them, depending on severity. It can only be a category five if blood is drawn. Derek looked aghast. What the hell were you doing to the poor nipper? Not him, Winton said. Me. He hit me in the mouth with his toy guitar. Oh, Derek pondered that one. That's all right then. He reached the door first, swinging it open and holding it. Winton grimaced and entered the dark chamber, walls covered with monitors and digital maps and readouts. The others were already at their desks, and each muttered distracted hellos. Where are we at today with Patient Zero then, chaps? Derek asked. Winton slid his chair under the desk and leaned back as his computer booted up. It seemed to take longer every day at the moment. His desk had a photo of Sarah holding Zane. They both looked very cute, even if it was a year out of date. One of the geo operators, a guy called Steve, put a location up on the big projector screen. That's the downtown area of Perlin, which is the last place we saw him. Did you see the game? No, I didn't see the game, Winton said. This guy travelled all over that damn planet. Why'd he go back to his hometown? Homesick? Derek snorted. He grew up in an orphanage. Winton clenched his fists under the desk. Do you actually know anything about your job, Derek? Orphanages on lock aren't the same as here. Hey, mate, I'm not the historian on the team. Derek held his hands aloft, eyebrows raised, then reached down and pulled a packet of crisps from his desk drawer. Neither am I, Winton said. Look, if he'd left the city, we'd have spotted him, right? We're watching all the transport routes, so he's still there, and probably for a reason. I reckon he's just hiding out, Steve said can't go anywhere even if he wanted to. Sure, but that doesn't explain why he went back in the first place. Winton looked over the map, spinning it around with his pointer. There are a lot less high-profile places to hang out than the capital of the planet's upcoming superpower. That's it, said another voice from the back of the room. It was Holt, leaning against the wall as he did when thinking over a case. It's the seat of government. He's planning something big. Winton frowned and turned his mouth up in surprise. Really? That doesn't fit his MO. I think he's had enough of running, and he's had the power long enough that he's probably gaining some control and direction over it. God, I hate glitches, Derek said, stuffing his face with snacks. The interminable crunching was the main reason Winton always wore headphones at work. Sometimes he didn't even listen to anything, he just used them to cancel out the noise. Holt took a step closer to the screens, which illuminated his scarred face. How bad can it get, Winton? Depends. Winton pushed his chair back and put his feet up on the desk. I get the feeling he doesn't yet know the full potential of the Gina shiftability. And if he does figure that out, then we're in a lot of trouble. Thanks for listening. Follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe using iTunes or your favourite podcast app to make sure you don't miss the next chapter. You can find me on Twitter at Tarnamus or at SimonKJones.com. You can help support the creation of stories like this on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SimonKJones.